like to look at scripture starting out in the book of uh, Leviticus chapter 25. And uh, we'll be looking at a portion of the law of Moses. And uh, we want to see what it meant to Israel in that day and age. But as always, not just looking at just as history, but also what does it mean to us today? Uh, certainly it is history. It's in the past. It's recorded. It is history. But what, does it, what significance is it for us today? This is a particular uh, holiday or feast day or religious day, whatever terminology you want to put on it, uh, that God gave to Israel. And uh, I want us to, if it's possible, to kind of have ourselves in the place of an Israelite. And when this day happens, what it means to them, and what they would have to look forward to as this day would be approaching. So I'd like for us to be able to, to kind of feel what it meant to them, and then certainly what it will mean to us uh, in this day and age. And uh, it is, and I'll be talking about the Jubilee, and we, we talk about it occasionally. It was mentioned uh, uh, recently, and I thought... Um, going through a lot uh, the last few weeks with uh, uh, sickness and, and a couple of brethren going home to be with the Lord. So I thought that uh, something that I could use, hopefully uh, something that you will uh, find benefit from as well. So Jubilee, it's, uh, it's part of the Mosaic Law. Every 50 years. And it benefited only God's elect people. So as we, as we go down through this, as far as Israel, what it meant to them, we want to keep in mind, okay, what could this mean for us? What does it teach for us? And hopefully we'll have a few things at the end, but, but one thing we can see here, and I want to point this out, this Jubilee, which is a great, a, a great day, one that they would rejoice in, only for God's elect people. It wasn't, nobody else benefited from it. I want us to keep that in mind. I know a lot of people don't like the word election, God's elect. Uh, but nevertheless, it's in the scriptures, it is true. And as it was true back there in type and shadow, it is for us in this day and age as well. Uh, this jubilee was a Sabbath. And you know, Israel had many Sabbaths. They had a a uh, seventh-day Sabbath. They had a seventh-month and tenth-day uh, Sabbath, a seventh-year Sabbath of the, of the land. They had other uh, Sabbaths and, and high days and so forth. But then this Jubilee, on the 50th year, you had seven years of seven-year Sabbath, and then that 50th year, so seven times seven, 49 on that 50th year, that was the Jubilee, and what a wonderful thing it was for them. And we'll see what we had to be grateful for as it applies to us in this day and age. So, again, I want us to learn what it meant to them. I want us to feel a little bit what it meant to them. And then 
ultimately what it, what it means to us. What benefit is it for us? We know it doesn't benefit everybody. Only benefits the elect. So Leviticus chapter 25. And uh, I'll read verse 1 to show where we are. It says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses in Mount Sinai, uh, uh, saying, And the reason I read that, this is where the law of Moses was given to Moses to give to the children of Israel. This is the law of Moses, more than Ten Commandments. 600, 610, 613, I'm not sure of the exact count, but this is the law of Moses. This word was given, so this jubilee is also part of the law of Moses. Uh, verse 2, Speak to the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye come into the land which I give you, then shall, ye keep, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years shalt thou sow thy field, and six years shalt thou prune thy vineyard, and gather the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field, nor prune thy vineyard. That which groweth of its own accord uh, of the harvest thou shalt not reap, neither gather the grapes of the uh, vine unpruned, it is a year of rest unto the land. So this was a uh, so this is was coming up on the seven year Sabbath of the land, and uh, we can read it and say, well, okay. But think what it meant to them. They couldn't run down to Sam's or food fair or to go buy groceries. This is what they would raise. So on this seventh year, no planting. No reaping of crops, no reaping of what we used to call volunteers, things that would just come up in the garden. Didn't even partake of that. The Lord provided, uh, and there was enough uh, the year before that they would eat on, feed the livestock with, uh, save for seed. I don't know, we don't have records, I don't think of how well individuals kept this, what their thoughts were. But in times of weakness, my thoughts would have been, gosh, I wonder if the eighth year doesn't produce. I'm going to be in trouble then. I'm thinking a lot about food. So uh, there was a lot more involved in this. There was uh, certainly, did they have faith in the Lord on the eighth year? Uh, was, there, was there going to be crops? Uh, so uh, anyway, it was a big thing. So it was a Sabbath uh, of the land. And again, that sixth year or the other years, however they preserved it, they would eat on that seventh year. They would feed their livestock on. And again, seed for when that eighth year comes. So it's a big thing. Uh, verse 8. And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years. And the space of seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of jubilee to sound on the earth, uh, or to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month, in that day of atonement. So you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. So seven years of Sabbath, forty-nine years, and the fiftieth year, 
The tenth day, the seventh month, is when this jubilee started. They would cause the sound of the trumpet to be heard. And I don't know if they had ram's horns. I don't know exactly what they had, but, but they, this, would, this would mark this jubilee. And as we'll see, what it meant to them. The sound of that trumpet, I don't know what tune, what pitch, or anything like that. But that sound had to be a joyful sound for them because of what it represented. Uh, you, you remember uh, what Pavlo's dogs, I think, that feed the dogs, ring a bell. Feed the dogs, ring a bell. Feed the dogs, ring a bell. And then they could ring the bell and not feed them, but they would begin to salivate anyway. That bell began to mean something to those dogs. So this sound of this trumpet on this uh, kicking off this 50th year had great meaning to Israelites only. The unelect meant nothing. And, and uh, I'm certain that there were some unelect that heard this sound. And, and hopefully we'll point that out. But it meant nothing to them. It, had no, it held nothing for them. Only for the benefit of God's elect whom he elected whom he chose. That's all it was for. But boy, for those elect, what it meant to them. Uh, so if that, if that trumpet sound on that Day of Atonement, on that, as we enter into that 50th year, knowing what it meant, that was a joyful sound unto them. Whatever it sounded like, it was a joyful sound unto them. Uh, verse 9 again. Then shall thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month in the day of atonement. Shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. Uh, the day of atonement uh, of course, this was an annual thing. And, and let's go back. Let's go back. You may hold your place here. Let's go back to the uh, uh, 16th chapter for a moment. Look at this a uh, little more, this Day of Atonement. So this Jubilee, not by accident, but chosen by God, it would be on the Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement had its own blessings. Leviticus 16 and verse 29. And this shall be a statute forever unto you, that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, ye shall afflict your souls and do no work at all, whether it be uh, one of your own country or a stranger that sojourneth among you. For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you, that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. So on this day of atonement that happened every year, the priest would, would, would make this offering that they would be cleansed and that they would be free from their sins. Freedom from their sins. Liberty. And again, that would happen uh, every year. So this 
you have that that happens every year. And then you have uh, seven, the seven-year Sabbath of the land. And then you have seven years, or seven Sabbaths of the land. And on this, on this day, on this day of Jubilee, on this day of atonement, on that year, the trumpet would sound. It had a great, again, start out with, on this day of atonement, on this 50th year, free from their sins. Freedom, liberty. But then, you know, again, what else, what else was there? And I'm going back to the 25th chapter again and read just a little more. Uh, and let's start verse 8 and read on in Leviticus 25. So this is on that 50th year. Fell on that uh, after seven years, or seven, seven-year Sabbath. On this day of atonement, when this trump would sound... Verse 8. And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years, and the space of seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Then shalt thou cause a trumpet of jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month in the day of atonement. So you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. And I can kind of hear that. Now, Israel was, you know, they were scattered. It wasn't one trumpet heard everywhere. You would hear this in different, probably at least one for each tribe and maybe more than that, that they would have this. And you can kind of think and hear the echoes of the sound coming from different places. But again, what that meant for them, what that meant for God's elect. Again, there were other God's non-elect mixed among them. Didn't mean anything to them. Because they had slaves and so forth. Okay, uh, where do we leave off? Uh, verse 10, not sure if I read there or not. Let's try it. Uh, and you shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land and to all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and you shall return every man unto his possessions. And you shall return every man unto his family. A jubilee shall the fiftieth year be unto you. You shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather in the grapes of thy vine unpruned. For it is the jubilee. It shall be holy unto you. You shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. Again, you eat what was the increase from years before. In the year of this jubilee... You shall return every man unto his possessions. So, the possessions of God's elect on this jubilee was returned unto them, restored. We'll talk a little more about that later. Uh, but a very important part to them and to us as well. So, uh, let's see, uh, skipping down through here in uh, verse uh, 23 on this uh, 25th chapter. The land shall not be sold forever. Now, this shall not be sold. We may see that term being used. I may use that term. Yes, it's kind of sold, more like rented for a period of time. But 
it can't be sold because it can't be sold forever. can't stay in that sold position because it's going to be returned. So they can pay for so many years or something like that, but it's not totally sold because on this 50th year, it's returned back to where it originated, the original inheritance. Uh, the land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine, for ye are strangers and sojourners with me. And in all the land of your possessions, ye shall grant a redemption for the land. And with the land, it, it can't truly be sold. It can be redeemed, or on this 50th year, it's going to return back to those who the Lord gave, and they inherited this from generation to generation. Uh, 25. If thy brother hath become poor and has sold away some of his possession, and if any of his, uh, uh, his kindred uh, come to redeem, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. And we can talk about a kinsman redeemer and all that's not in our lesson this morning. And if the man have none to redeem it, and he himself be able to redeem it, then let him count the years of the sale thereof and restore the overpayment unto the man to whom he sold it, that he may return unto his possession. But if he be not able to restore it to him, then that which is sold shall remain in the hand of him that bought it until, until the year of the jubilee. And in the jubilee it shall go, uh, uh, shall go out, and he shall return unto his possessions. So somebody could fall on hard times or something, and they had to, maybe in year 25 of this jubilee, and had to sell the land because of hard times. So then on that 50th year, that land came back. To the original one who God gave it to inherited. Original possessions given, given to them. Uh, how it was originally, you know, the Lord divided up the land between all the nations whenever they went over in the land of Canaan. And then it would be given from generation to generation. And that's how it was returned back to. But remember, we're working with 50 years. Uh, so let's say something happened in year three after the Jubilee. So a man could have had a child, and the child's land, so the land would have, again, been passed down to their children for inheritance. But a man could have ended sometime into this 50 years, fallen on hard times, could have sold the land. Then he could have had a child after that. Whom this land would be their inheritance. But this child's inheritance, land was sold out from him before he was ever even born. So the child, what I'm saying is, the child would have had nothing to do with his inheritance being sold. It may not even been born yet. He could have been a child and his father had to sell it, but he could have not even been born. And his father had to sell this land of inheritance. 
let me just mention this here. Adam. Brother David read it there. Through Adam, through one man. I'll use the terminology this way. We were sold out. All of our possessions, gone. But here, for Israel, on this jubilee, at the sound of the trumpet, all this was returned. So this uh, uh, man, if he was still living, on the 50th year, the land was returned. Or maybe he could have even passed on. And maybe his child, who maybe wasn't even born when he was sold out, so to speak. But when that sound of that trump came, all that was restored unto them. What meaning, what, what a rejoiceful sound that was. And uh, see, verse 39 And here, here's something that adds more depth to this jubilee. 39. And if thy brother who dwelleth by thee hath become poor and be sold unto thee, thou shalt not compel him to serve as a slave, but as an hired servant and as a sojourner. He shall be with thee and shall serve thee unto the year of the Jubilee. And then shall he depart from thee, both he and his children with him, and shall return to his own family, and to the possession of his fathers shall he return. For they are my servants, whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt, and, and, they, and they shall not be sold for slaves. So, here again, one could fall on hard times, we'll say, if he sold his land of possession, didn't have much way of providing then. So then he himself would go to a, a, another Israelite and say, listen, I, I've got a family to keep. I have no way of supporting them. Can I work for you? So he'd work for them, not as a slave. There would be payment. Room and board, probably. So... Um, he would be in this, we'll call it a slave-like condition. We'll work for food condition. But at the sound of that trump that was heard throughout all the land, he's going to be freed from that. His family's going to be freed from that. Back to the land, original land of possession before it was sold out. And uh, let's see. Well, I'll read 41 again. And then shall he depart from thee, both he and his children with him, and shall return to his own family, and to the possessions of his fathers shall he return. So even the children, see, so when he was in this, I'll call it slave-like condition, well, working for food, room and board, he could have had children born then. And those children were born into this slave-like condition. Their land, land of inheritance was no longer, they were no longer inhabiting that. 
It was gone. It had been sold off. So they were born in like a slave-like condition. But at the sound of the trump, sound of the jubilee, everything was restored. The land was restored. One that was sold like into a slave-like condition, he was freed from that back to his land. Everything was back the way it was before it was sold out. So can you just imagine what the sound of that trump meant? And as they were looking forward to it, I mean, they, they I'm not sure how they kept their calendars, but they'd done okay. Uh, they knew when this day was coming. And even when they'd sell the land, when somebody was going to uh, do an appraisal on the land or something, they would account, how many years is it to this jubilee anyway? I'm not going to give you full price for this land. Maybe year one, well, I have 49 years, but year 40, I'm only going to have this much use. So that even was, went into how much they would pay for the land and so forth. But just imagine what it meant looking forward to that and then hearing the sound of the trump throughout all of Israel, what it meant. Verse uh, 44. Both thy male and female slaves, whom thou shalt have, shall be of the nations that are round about you. Of them shall you buy male and female slaves. Moreover, of the children of strangers who do sojourn among you, of them shall you buy, and of their families that are with you, which they begot in your land, and they shall be your possession. And you shall take them as the inheritance for your children after you, to inherit them for possessions. They shall be your slaves forever. But over your brethren, the children of Israel, ye shall not rule uh, over, over another with rigor." So these slaves who Israel could have, not another Israelite, but these slaves that they could have, the sound of the jubilee meant nothing to them. There was, there was nothing, nothing for them in that sound of the jubilee. Only for God's elect. That's what it was then, and that's what it is now. So they had no hope So, you know, what did the Jubilee mean to God's elect Israel? You know, put yourself in their shoes. Maybe you had to, your land was sold. Maybe even before you were born, land, possessions were sold. You were born. You were born into this slave-like condition. And nothing you could do to work your way out of it, so to speak. You eat and drink, and that was about it. Your promised land of inheritance has been sold out, possibly even before you were even born. No means of attaining it by work or anything. But there was a day on that 50th year, on the Day of Atonement, when they were free from sins, they were liberty. And on that Day of Atonement, sound of the trumpet and the meaning behind that everything was restored 
everything. Didn't benefit the unelect. Only for the elect of God. Promised land had been restored. You were freed from this slave-like condition. Just try to imagine what that sound meant to them. And no doubt they looked forward to that sound. What was going to take place? All things were restored and returned to them. Back to the original promised status. So, it meant a lot to Israel. It meant a lot to God's elect at that age. So, what about us? David read a verse in Corinthians. I'll read, uh, says the same thing in the book of Romans chapter, uh, Romans chapter 5. Tells us something. Uh, <clears throat> Romans chapter 5 and verse... Twelve. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. And David read the same thing, just a, a worded just a little differently. So, <clears throat> this one man sinned into the world was Adam. Adam sold us out, so to speak. I'm not excusing myself. If I'd been there, I'd been... <laughs> I've no doubt I've done the same thing. This is all in God's plan, of course. But Adam sold you out. Adam sold me out. Uh, death by sin. Death passed upon all men for all sin. We have Adam's sinful blood flowing through our veins. By the way, that's why the Lord Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. If he, had, if he was born and had an earthly father, he would have sinful, he would be a sinner just like we are. That's why he was born of a virgin. He didn't have Adam's sinful blood. But we have Adam's sinful blood. And Job said, who can bring a clean thing from an unclean? Doctor, we talk about bacon a little bit, joke about it a little bit. He's not the right gender, but uh, if he was, he's, a, according to Scripture, was an unclean beast. If, if, she, if he was a she and she were going to reproduce, wouldn't bring a lamb, wouldn't bring a cow, only bring more unclean. So Job said, who can bring a clean from an unclean? No, no, not one. Isaiah 64 and 6, I believe it is. We're always an unclean thing. And all of our righteousness are filthy rags. Starts with Adam, comes down through. We're all, not just, well, all. We're always an unclean. That's what we are in our state. We're always an unclean thing. All of our righteousness are filthy rags. And I want to read in Exodus uh, chapter 34. far as an unclean thing and who can bring it and what's in store for an unclean thing or what, what's deserving for an unclean thing. Exodus 34 and uh, we'll go to verse 19. 
All that opens the womb is mine. Every firstling among the cattle, where the ox or sheep that is male. So what uh, uh, God says here of your cattle and your sheep and everything, every male that opens the womb is mine. It's to be sacrificed unto me. But what about an unclean beast? Would you sacrifice an unclean beast unto God? God forbid, no. And but he tells us about that. He said, but the first thing I would ask, so here we have a donkey colt, which is an unclean beast. There are more unclean than that. He's just giving us an example here. But the firstling of an ass, thou shalt redeem with a lamb. You can't sacrifice the unclean beast unto God. It's not acceptable. But said you can redeem with a lamb. And if thou redeem him not, then thou shalt break his neck. So the unclean thing was not fit to be sacrificed to God. It was fit for destruction. That's what it was fit for. However, he says, if the master, if the owner wants to save this unclean thing, then he can redeem it with a lamb. Oh, Chuck, if, if those that were still deceived by the doctrine of free will, free moral agency could just see this. This little donkey had no choice in the matter. The little donkey didn't say, well, please redeem me with this lamb, or, or I choose you and go ahead and kill this lamb on my behalf. It was an unclean thing. It had no choice. There was a choice made, but it was made by the master. It was made by the owner, and the same with you and I. It goes on talking about, and your, and your children, you would, uh, uh, you would redeem your children. Well, why would you redeem your children? Why wouldn't you sacrifice them? You say, oh, what? you wouldn't sacrifice the children. They're too good. That's not really the reason. You wouldn't sacrifice the children because what? They have the blood of Adam. They're an unclean thing as well. That's why they had to be redeemed. So uh, our and I'll use the word hope not a maybe hope, a desire with expectation to receive that which we desire. Our hope, our desire, our expectation. And we find comfort when we realize that we are one of God's elect that he chose to redeem us with his lamb, the lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. We go there a lot. I go there a lot. I think of it a lot. Uh, Brother Olson, Brother Don went there a lot. Uh, and as I mentioned before, I, it's hated. I heard of one on television one time said, oh, if those Baptists didn't have the first or didn't have the book of Ephesians, they wouldn't have anything. Well, I've got news for him. First of all, we do have the book of Ephesians. And you find the same thing throughout the scriptures. But it really, in this Ephesians, the first chapter, it shows that it's not of us. No more than was that little donkey colt. His salvation wasn't of him. So in Ephesians 1 and, and verse 4, according as he has chosen us in him. Now that's according as God 
has chosen his elect in Christ. That's what it's saying. Again, we, the unclean thing, didn't, don't have free will. We would, in fact, it says we would choose darkness rather than light anyway. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. How that is hated. But how that is loved by his sheep. Before the foundation of the world. That we should be whole without blame before him in love. How is an unclean thing like us going to be whole without blame? Redeemed with a lamb. Having predestinated us to the adoptions of sons by Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of his will, not our will. To the praise of the glory of his grace through which he hath made us accepted in the beloved. That little donkey couldn't make itself accepted. It couldn't change what it was. We can't make ourselves accepted. All of our righteousness is filthy rags. We're always an unclean thing. But he made us accepted in the beloved. Kind of hard to find a place to stop here in Ephesians, but maybe we'll stop there before we go on. And I remember hearing these scriptures, though, as Brother Don, Brother Olson would teach those scriptures. And then begin to have uh, faith and confidence and so forth. And then one day I thought, boy, for God's elect, this is great. But David, I thought, well, what if I'm not one of God's elect? And that was a, that was a, a dark period for me. What if I'm not one of them? I, I had been taught and been given uh, uh, and eyes open enough to see that I couldn't do anything about it. No more than that donkey could have done anything about it. I couldn't do anything about it. What if I'm not one of God's elect? Yes, for God's elect, he chose them uh, before the foundation of the world, and Christ is going to present them whole without blame, and it's predetermined. But what if I'm not one of his elect? Just as that Israel, the Jubilee, was for God's elect. Wasn't those slaves, true slaves that was among them, sound of that trumpet meant nothing to them because it held nothing for them. So, this is great for God's elect, but what if I'm not one of them? I knew I couldn't change it. Well, see, actually the Lord had given me a little more knowledge than I realized. I knew that I couldn't change it. I knew that it was only for the elect. And in Acts 13, 48, all that was ordained to eternal life believed. I, Catherine, I knew I believed. I knew I believed. So then that was comfort and that was assurance for me that I was one of his elect. That all these scriptures did apply for me. That he did redeem me. That the jubilee, everything being restored because of what Christ did, was for me. So Adam, yeah, he sold us out. Can't change that. I can't change my genealogy. Somehow we all go back and connect back to Adam. and can't change that. No more than a donkey could make himself a, a lamb. Or a goat. But the master chose me. Redeemed me with his lamb. But now I'm a pilgrim and sojourner on this earth. Till he takes me home. But one day. Be brought into my land of promise. As it was before Adam ever fell. My inheritance. The land of promise. Eternal life in the kingdom of my dear Lord 
It's all restored back to me that we lost in Adam. All restored back. So they follow the Jubilee. That sound of the trumpet. When the Lord calls us. That's our Jubilee. All be restored. All because of what he did and his plan. So I hope we can see in the Old Testament. On that day of atonement. That Jubilee. What it meant to them. And I hope we can see. Because of our day of atonement. Which Jesus Christ our Lamb. Cleanses from our sins. And all things are restored because of him. So God's elect. All things are returned. The unelect. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed as he reveals it to us. In the Old Testament, the unelect did not benefit from the Jubilee. They weren't, nothing was returned. Uh, they weren't saved from anything. But as elect, they were saved from the bondage, saved from the slavery-like conditions. All the possessions was returned back unto them. So the day of the Jubilee meant so much to them. And also, as we think, of the day of Jubilee for us, what he did. And Chuck, as we can look forward to that day of Jubilee for each of us. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.